Christ.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We've got to stop them. They're going to kill us all. See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings. I'm when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it. But unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio! We did not engage in conflict that was out of line with our mission. Is it disloyal? Is it sedition? Is it treason to oppose the hands of tyranny? Never! I will never send troops anywhere on a mission of that kind without telling them that if somebody shoots at them, they can darn well shoot back. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty! Oh, give me! A dark cloud is finally lifting across the world as U.S. military intelligence and their global partners are destroying the deep state criminal power structure that has ruled over our planet for hundreds of years. We are free with the God-given rights, and we shall not yield that right to any power on Earth. Hi, I'm Scott McKay. The world is at, and I am your host on The Tipping Point. On Revolution Radio, where every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the latest in this ensuing takedown of this global criminal empire. That's an image of strength. You'll get the raw, hard truth here on The Tipping Point. So come join us Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, in Studio B at Revolution.Radio. Thanks for listening while we take that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. Okay, here we are. We're live. Uh, my name is Dennis. Uh, this is Free Association. Uh, you're listening to Revolution Radio, and it's 4 p.m. here in the UK. I'm at, I'm at Newcastle Central Station. Uh, simply because uh, the odds of me getting a Wi-Fi signal or a mobile hotspot signal at home are fairly minimal, although it seems to be working this afternoon. Uh, normally I have trouble with it. So I do the shows from the central station because it's the nearest cafe. With a, If I need to, I've got three backup Wi-Fi signals. So so the, the odds of me not, not managing to get through a show are much less over here than they are in my in my flat. Anyway, so let's talk talk about where I am. Just for the next five minutes or so, 
and where the country is and where where Johnny Depp is. Because Johnny Depp's in Newcastle, or he was, uh, on Wednesday evening, I think it was. Uh, Johnny Depp, believe it or not, was it Wednesday? I think he, he won his trial, he won his um, defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard, and then he did a gig in Sheffield with Jeff Beck, who used to be in the Yardbirds a lot, very, very, very long time ago. He was a marvellous rock guitar player, jazz rock now these days. And, uh, and then on Thursday, Jeff Beck's tour brought him to the Sage in Gateshead, which is literally about a 15-minute walk from where I live. Uh, I didn't go, but uh, Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp did a gig at the Sage. Must have been Thursday, Thursday evening, or maybe Friday evening. I can't remember. One of those two. No, it wasn't yesterday. It was the it was the day before. So it must have been Thursday. And Johnny Depp was spotted eating fish and chips on the quayside before the gig. So <laughs> we knew he was in town before he even got here, more or less, because the grapevine in Newcastle. It's a small. It's a it's a big city, but it's a small place, if you know what I mean. If somebody spots a celebrity, then the whole city knows about it. And uh, they don't mess about, they'll just say what they think. Uh, which is good. And uh, according to the reviews that I saw on Facebook, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good gig with a rubbish singer, and Johnny Depp was doing the singing, so... He's not get he's not getting the benefit of the doubt from the from the Gateshead crowd. Uh, and I've I've been I've been to that that hall at the Sage, and that that hall at the Sage is lovely. I went to see the Kodo Drummers, which is a Japanese touring drumming troupe. Ooh, about eight years ago, or something like that. Seven, eight years ago, maybe more. At uh, Hall One at the Sage. And I was right up in the balcony by the by the stage, which, which I often am at gigs for some reason. I'm always I'm always in the balcony, and I'm, I try to get as close to the stage as I possibly can. For for whatever reason, that's my preferred spot if I'm in the balcony. Anyway, I ended up with, I ended up lit, literally with like in the front row, over the top of the stage. So I was watching what was going on on the stage with the Cordo drummers. And they're bringing in all these huge, huge drums. Honestly, you've never seen drums that size in your life. They're enormous. And and the way the way it used to happen in in Britain and the way it used to happen all over the world was, you put a big drum on the top of a hill, and when something important happens, you send out a signal, or you light a fire. Well, what they were doing, what they were doing on. Friday, Friday, Thursday night or Friday night. I really don't know what what day of the week it is because we've had a we've had two bank holidays that we wouldn't normally have in a row. So we had Thursday was a bank holiday, Friday was a bank holiday. Uh, in celebration of the Queen's seventieth anniversary of being the Queen. So in in fine British tradition, there were there were beacons being lit all over the country as opposed to drums being played. It's the same principle though. If you're sending a signal over a long distance, you light 
light a light a fire on the top of a hill. So that's what happened at, 10, at 9.45, which is exactly the time that her father died. So it would be the 70th anniversary to the moment, to the minute, of her accession to the throne. And uh, because she becomes queen automatically when her father died. Uh, now I'm not really a, a royalist. But I think 70 years of doing anything is pretty good going, so I'll give her credit for that. She's, uh, she's doing alright for it, but she's, she's got a lot of help along the way. She's got a team of people helping her out. And I went, I went into Newcastle one, one day when, when the Queen was due to pay a visit. I can't remember what she was doing. She'd have been opening something or giving out Monday, Thursday money or something. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I went along and uh, stood in a crowd of people to watch her go past in a car. And uh, and I know there's an there's an advanced contingent of people goes goes through the crowd, giving out flags so that everybody looks like they're waving and cheering, even if they're not, because they're just giving everybody flags. Uh, so it's all set up in advance. There's nothing spontaneous about it, but. I'm all right with it, I suppose. I'd rather, I'd rather she wasn't there. But what choice do we have? We can't have Boris Johnson being, being king, can we? We can't have him being. I don't even really want him to be prime minister at this point, and neither is most of the other people in the country. And he was booed yesterday. He was booed at St Paul's Cathedral uh, while he was going into a, a church service. So. So the majority of the country are, are not happy people, and he's likely, likely to face uh, a vote of no confidence in the next couple of weeks. I would imagine uh, the Conservative Party rules are that if 54 people, if 10 percent, 20 percent, I said 10 percent or 20 percent of the party put in letters, then it triggers an automatic vote of vote of no confidence in his leadership. The number's 54 anyway, I, don't, I can't remember what the percentage is, but uh, 27 people have publicly stated they've put in letters, so he's well over halfway there just on the public count, and a lot of people will have put in letters privately without, being, without telling anybody about it. Quite a few people are waiting for the end of the weekend to do it as well, I think. So, I'm not altogether sure what what will happen after that? I think there's a vote of no confidence. If he loses that, then that triggers a leadership election. So we could potentially have a leadership election for the Tory party over the summer. Uh, and probably they'll, they'll put somebody in place before the party conference, which will be the end of September or beginning of October. I don't know what the timing is exactly, but that's normally when the party conference is. So, so, a lot of excitement. Was Johnny Depp excitement and Boris Johnson excitement and uh, Queen Elizabeth II excitement at the moment? So, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, 
so um, I've kind of arranged to speak to me this morning. So I'm going to bring me in this point. looks like well, I'm back uh, so less of an issue than it would normally be but still a bit of a some kind of an issue going on so I'm going to bring Mitzi in at this point again see if I can get hold of her alright we're going to have to just carry on so let me uh, share my screen there was a screen share button that has now been removed by, by Skype I don't know what they're doing they move things all the time. Screen share, here we go. Alright, so back to the Johnny Depp. And there's a little bit of Boris Johnson in these clips as well. I'll just play them, see if I can get hold of Mitzi and we'll carry on. In footballing terms, Andrew, Johnny Depp won 3 1. Is that. Is well, that is I think that's one way of looking at it. But you've <laughs> got to put this into context. I mean, it was toxic, it was traumatic, it was torrid, it was a TikTok trial, is what I'd say, an, an avalanche of alliterations. Um, Johnny was going for 50 million. And the way that it works is it's about two sides to it. One is compensation for the damage which has caused your reputation, and the other is the punitive side. The compensation he actually got was $10 million. The punitive side, they said it was going to be $5 million. But under the laws in Fairfax, Virginia, the maximum you can give is 350000 And that's why it's that sort of side. Amber didn't lose all of her cases. Uh, she basically went saying the thing about the hoax and whether it was a, made it all up. Uh, the one that she won on for $2 million was a story by Adam Waldman, who was Johnny Depp's lawyer, saying basically she spilled a little wine and she faked some evidence. Uh, with her friends and concocted a story. So she won $2 million for that side. Mm. The strange thing is, when you compare the two cases, because we had this case over in the UK with The Sun, and I spoke about it last time, The Sun and Dan Wooten, where exactly the same facts about um, accusing Johnny Depp about being a wife-beater. And in the UK, what they decided, Mr Justice Nickel said that 12 of the 14 incidents which they led were substantially true. So Johnny lost his case over here, but won in the court of public opinion. He won around the world, um, and it's not going to be the end of the story either, because all likelihood, firstly, Amber can't afford the $8 million, uh, and, and, and that's huge. Um, secondly, in any event, um, she's saying that some information was to uh, suppress some of the evidence and so on and so forth, and so they want, they're now saying publicly got 30 days to do it. They're now going to maybe appeal. 
So, you know, you say she can't afford to pay the damages, that's £8 million, so she usually makes a phone call to Elon Musk and he pays it. But my question is, why would lawyers, when they know she hasn't got any money, take the case on? Why should she be able to go to an appeal when really, uh, this is bad debt, she can't pay her bills, why, is she, why can you go it, forward? It's, it's, it's a very valid point. And, and we don't know whether she can afford the $8 million, everybody suspects, based on her earnings to date. Um, and it's very difficult because lawyers themselves, they've got their own reputation. I think if ever there was an example of making sure you have the best mouthpiece in business, there was a, a massive difference, I, I would suggest, between Johnny's legal team and Amber's legal team, for example, when you look in cross-examination and so on and so forth, the evidence that came up. Would they take it on speculatively is a very interesting question. I think what's going to happen is there may be a quiet little settlement because Johnny has cleared his name. That's what it's all about, reputation. Johnny's cleared his name. He's now off playing with Jeff Beck. They've got an album coming out <laughs> in July, all this sort of glorious stuff. He's won in, in the court of public opinion. If I Behind the scenes, Amber, it can go one of two ways. If you can't afford the $8 million, uh, he might sort of turn around and say, look, I've won, I really, it wasn't about the money, it's about reputation. Uh, I'm now in a much better position. Let's just settle this. I'll give some money to charity and move on. So was it a very clever move for him then to go to the next case to clear his name? And was it right that two film stars would always have it played out in the court of public opinion because that's who are their full followers full stop yeah I, i'm never a fan of washing dirty laundry in public and this is hollywood washing their <laughs> dirty laundry in, in public and it's been the worst case of that since fatty arbuckle in in the 1920s similar sort of major film star of his day and he basically was accused of murder at that sort of stage and he, his reputation was in tatters even though he ultimately was shown to be proven uh, to be innocent so i do think it's very tricky i do think johnny's in a, in a good place he's very happy about it and as he says, it gave him his life back. Oh, whoops. All right, so moving on to the next clip. I've set all these up in a playlist, so I'm being a bit more organized than normal. But uh, still, technology gets in the way a little bit sometimes. Can't be helped. It's live radio. That's kind of what live radio is about, as much as anything. I'm going to buy myself a laptop next week, I think, because uh, I'm sick of the technology getting in the way. All right, the other thing that's been happening, oh, here we go, this is the Boris Johnson clip I was going to play. What do you make of what happened yesterday? Um, well, I think it's pretty clear now that um, a very sizable amount of people are still extremely hurt and upset over Partygate and that's completely understandable. Um, all Prime Ministers at certain points in their careers suffer from scandal. This is a level that people didn't say goodbye to their loved ones. We hear tragic stories of people who took their own lives uh, because they couldn't handle the loneliness of lockdown measures. And um, on top of that, you have the image of the Queen sitting alone as her husband of 73 years was buried. Um, and presumably, these people in the crowd love the Queen, they love the monarchy, and um, that image is not going to go away anytime soon. The thoughts of that contrast between the image of the Queen sitting there with her mask on all on her own... Um, at the uh, at the service for the funeral service for her husband, my goodness, the contrast of that and uh, all yesterday's frivolity, and then Boris walking up the steps. All right, that's the uh, the GB news people commenting on 
of Boris Johnson. Um, and I think I should have Mitzi on the line at some point uh, for a conversation. Are you there, Mitzi? No, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know how this is going to work. Well, I'll, I'll carry on playing clips and we'll work it out as we go along. Plan B is always the clips. So the other thing that's been happening is it's, uh, it's half term, so the kids are off school. Uh, lots of people are flying out of the country uh, on holiday. So this is an another clip from GB News. This is Simon Corley, who's a travel correspondent. Hello? All right, Mitzi. I think we're ready this time. Okay, great. <laughs> so are, are you at a train station? Yeah, I'm in the real station so it, uh, there's a little bit of background noise but it shouldn't be too bad yes yeah, not too bad hello oh you oh. know what I gotta turn the radio off sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. sorry all right hey um I heard I heard you mention earlier in your um, opening comments about um, how in England uh, to send messages people would to um, would uh, light fires on the mountaintops, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that was a normal thing. That's what they were, do, they were doing the other night. Uh, when King George the whatever died, they, they announced it by lighting, lighting beacons. So it's, well, it's only 70 years ago they were still doing that. Well, um, when I went to Ireland a few years ago, um, <clears throat> I went to this place called Usniak. And I put the spelling in the Skype chat with you. Maybe I'll put it in the other chat room. Let's see. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, I know I, how I can do that. Um, and they started up that practice again. Um, they, um, I think I went, let's see, I, I was there on the summer solstice. I went with a group of people and um, she had a friend who uh, was a storyteller and um and so we went to this event that he he tells stories at, and um, it's a big event now. A lot of people go to it in Ireland. It's the Usniak is the tallest, or it's I don't think it's the tallest, but it's it's sort of like a very central mountain top that right. when you go, when you go up there and you get to the very peak of it where these these big huge rocks, and then there's this place where they have like a ceremonial fire play fire center and. Um, you can see all of Ireland. You can see the whole coastland line. You, you stand up there and you look around, you turn around and you can see the whole of Ireland. It's a really amazing place. <laughs> yeah, I've not been to Ireland. My, part of my family's from Ireland. My granddad, mm. uh, my, my mother's side of the family, you've came over from Ireland at some point, presumably in the 18, late 1800s. I, I don't know exactly the details, but... Uh, they're originally from Galway somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Galway, so they, yeah, they have a lot of nice uh, wool wool stuff over there. I bought a really pretty wool um, poncho from there, from Galway. <laughs> it was on sale. I was waiting to the very end. Everybody said, "Wait, don't get your," because I wanted to get an Irish wool sweater. And then everybody said, "Don't just wait till you get to Galway. Wait till you get to Galway." So I waited. And I was so happy because there was this, 
a sales rack in this one store and it uh, had this amazing, uh, perfectly fits me, uh, this beautiful Irish green poncho that was all handmade wool, you know, the Irish style of yeah. knitting, so pretty. No, that's cool. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of there's celebrations going on, there's street parties going on this weekend. There's uh, um, afternoon tea at the at the soup kitchen. At your place? Uh, well, all all over the country, all over the country, yeah. But Newcastle, uh, I think people have got street street parties going on. So some of the roads are closed, and they've got parties and fancy dress and all sorts of stuff going on. What well, is there a special event happening besides these, Johnny Depp? <laughs> yeah, it's the seventieth anniversary of the Queen oh, becoming God. becoming Queen. So it was uh, nine forty-five on. Friday evening, her father died and she officially became queen. So that's what the oh. that's what the beacons were being lit for. So this was just just this last week. Right? Yeah, just literally yesterday. Okay, so wait a second. So who is the queen now? Then I thought she was already queen. <laughs> yeah, she's been there seventy years. Okay, it's the anniversary. That's why they That's why everybody's oh, celebrating. Mm. Yeah, she's getting on a bit. She's 90-something now. But uh, she, so she, does, she doesn't really turn up at very much anymore, but she's she's doing all right. She, she won't be around, around very much longer, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. So people are really into that story, huh? The, the whole queen thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's bunting everywhere. There's, there's union flags and, and bunting ev- literally everywhere. What is bunting? Bunting is little little triangular flags that you put across the street. Oh, uh huh. So even Chinatown, the main there's only one street really in Chinatown, and there's 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 British flags all over it. Every, literally, everybody's joining in with it. It's a uh, it's a quite a major thing. I, I I remember the this is the this this goes down as the Platinum Jubilee, although I think they made that up. I don't think a platinum jubilee is actually a thing until you get to, to a place where you want to celebrate. But uh, I remember I remember the the silver jubilee, which was 1977, which was the same thing basically. That was 25 years on the throne, and street parties and uh, fancy dress competitions and food everywhere. Oh. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a little village in County Durham, and and the the community hall was full of full of kids in county in in fancy dress. Wow! Eating cake. Eating <laughs> <laughs> cake. <laughs> wow. Well, what do you think of all this? Like, are I mean, do you have uh, political conversations with people about the whole thing, <laughs> Queen thing? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm. Um, uh, well, I'm not a royalist, but I'm not going to be actively against. I don't think it's like it's a bit pointless, really, because it just annoys people if you're yeah. actually actively against everything. So it's a bit pointless. I'm, I'm already against most things that people say or do. So it's like adding one more to the collection isn't really that big a deal. But I don't see the point in antagonising people. Yeah. So I, I try and pick me battles. Right. Well, so, and I guess. 
Yeah, people are just so tired of being locked down and stuff that they'll take any excuse to... Exactly, yeah. Any excuse for a party. Any excuse to get drunk and make a fool of yourself. That's the way the British do things. Oh, yeah. Which is fair (laughs) enough. I mean, we we literally have been locked up for two years, so you need to let off a bit of steam. God, it's like that Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've started... uh, I joined this, a group called Rebels on Roundabout, which is uh, which is a group of people that meet on Friday afternoons and stand by the the main roads in Newcastle with big yellow signs um, and annoy people with them basically. So we're just there making a point of it's a it's an anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine, anti-war group primarily. But uh, there's a whole lot of lot of anti things in there. But the primary the primary thing is uh, is vaccine is anti vaccine thing. So, do you belong to that group? Do you go get together with them? I've been a couple of times. Yeah, I've been. A, they they meet every week, and I think I've, I've been to, to. I missed last week because I was waiting for a parcel, which I still haven't got. Um, but and I missed yesterday because they, they took a week off because of the holiday. Mm. So I'll be back again next week, and it's so a. Did- Mm-hmm. It's a social group as much as anything. I mean, it's meeting with with banners and with signs, but it's a, a, a picnic in the park afterwards and then a night out. Well, that's nice. So oh. we were celebrating somebody's 60th birthday last week, and yesterday we were just in the park eating food and, and drinking alcohol mm-hmm. for no other reason than we could, really. Yeah. Well, that's really nice to hear. Dang, we have a... Yeah, um, I was interested too, is that group still going on where you were getting together, or is that the same group where you were getting together with people in the park over the whole COVID thing? Oh, that's standing in the park. That's a Sunday. So I've got a Friday evening group and a Sunday morning group that I go to. Uh Uh-huh. Sunday morning is standing in the park. That's it's officially 10 o'clock in the morning. But, I mean, I get there about quarter past, and sometimes I'm the first person there. But uh, <laughs> but, norm- but normally there's about 25 people show up over the course of the next two or three hours. 20, 25 people. And what do you guys do there? Do you talk to people about just the whole climate, this political situation? and? Yeah, I mean, it tends to be, like, conversations about Boris Johnson, conversations about... Um, Matt Hancock, who was the health secretary, it's, 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 it is quite political, and not ev- not everybody's on the same side, so it makes for interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. So I mean, everybody everybody's anti-lockdown, but that but that but everybody's coming but coming from a slightly different political place. So uh-huh. you can still be on a, you can still be on a different side politically, but I mean we're, we're all we're basically all anti-vaccine and anti-lockdown. And that's the only things we've got in common. Hmm. So they could, yeah. yeah. Those are the two things you can guarantee. And everything else, because if you start a conversation about anything else, it's probably going to end up being a row about it. (laughs) Which is good, I think. We've all got different opinions. And uh, some people are very, very passionate. And obviously everybody's running on adrenaline to some extent. 
Well, so, yeah, they're just out the door after being locked down for so long. Did do you think that did a lot of people lock down? Because I have friends in the UK and in um, Scotland who never really locked down. They were still walking around and not wearing masks and stuff. Were there a lot of people doing that in in the UK? Yeah, there was nothing open. There was nothing open for for about three or four months. There was nothing open at all. <sighs> yeah. All there was was a supermarket. That's the only the only thing you could do. You were you were allowed to go shopping, and you were allowed to go for exercise once a day, and that's that's all you could officially do. And obviously, I went round the block half a dozen times in a day. Yeah. But, uh, but I read this. I read this article um, about somewhere in England where the local police they went to this lake because people kept going to this like reservoir to walk around it, and it was too far away from their homes or something, and so they dyed the whole thing black. I don't know if they killed everything in that. I never heard back. Did you hear about that? Yeah, there was a late, there was, I think there was something in Derbyshire. There was where there were, people were being arrested for walking their dogs because they'd gone more than five miles away from their house. <laughs> so that's not still happening, right? Every people no, are, no, no. It's yeah. it's all gone now. I mean, there are still people. Very occasionally, you see people wearing masks, but usually they're quite elderly or they're. They're on a walking frame or whatever. There's obviously some kind of physical issue going on. Yeah, yeah. But most, yeah. most, and the only other people who wear masks are the Chinese, but the Chinese have always worn masks. Yeah, they're still I mean, wearing them here. Yeah, oh, the, the Chinese were wearing masks way before COVID started. Oh, really? That's oh. a cultural thing, yeah, because the, the oh, atmosphere in, in the cities in China, you can't breathe. Oh, there's right. so much there's so much smog you can't breathe, so you have to wear a mask in China. And they just carry that on, they just carry that over here. Jeez, it's pretty bizarre. Um yeah, there I mean I live up where there's it's pretty good air. I mean, unless there's fires. Uh but yeah, they're they're still wearing them. But there's a lot of other people, just sort of like white Americans who are still walking around with these really heavy duty masks on. <laughs> feel like shaking them <laughs> uh it's it's a nightmare but I, I just have to i just laugh ultimately it's yeah. it's like a monty python movie the whole thing yeah. is like salvador dali painted the whole thing it's ridiculous yeah. Yeah. so i just laugh i mean if, if you don't laugh you would cry so i just have to laugh yeah yeah well, I'm always really heartened to hear about your um, <clears throat> getting together with people in the parks and talking and stuff, because it just seems like that's what we need to get back to, because there's just so much misinformation uh, on the TVs for sure, but even on the Internet. Um, I have this uh, sort of friend through the Internet. Um, on, I'm in the chat room with him, and he's a, um, a, a an attorney, a lawyer in England. I forget what if he's in London or what, but anyway, somewhere in England. And he was saying um, that uh, like when people were all scared of starting to get scared of the war in Russia and, and the threat of nuclear war, he was saying that um, and he seems to have some, I don't know, connections. Uh, he has uh, cases that are pretty big and up in uh, high up. Um, but he said that what he's hearing and what he what he believes is that uh the whole russian thing like they're just blowing up a lot of old um of their equipment that doesn't work anymore or they're just like outdated equipment they're just blowing it up and then filming it and making it seem like that's the war 
<laughs> have you heard stuff about that? Because I, I didn't hear that anywhere else, but this guy in England told me that. No, I mean, they could, they could be doing a certain amount of that. There's always, there's always a little bit of exaggeration going on. With, I mean, there's obviously there's a propaganda unit in Ukraine, and there's a propaganda, propaganda unit in Russia, and then you've got all the British propaganda and the American propaganda going on as well. <laughs> so you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt. Really, it's like you, you don't know what I don't know what's true. I don't I don't watch videos on Telegram anymore because I, you can't tell what's true and what's not. Yeah, yeah, so I I've, know. Right. So I've li I've limited that. So I'm uh, I'm a more or less a Telegram free zone. I watch the Duran. I like I like the reporting on the Duran. Uh, that's the that's the main my main source of information about the war. So I just stick with that because they they're giving me. And South Front, South Front is pretty good as well. That'll tell me the tells me the troop movements and everything. So it's quite detailed stuff. Do but you again, have you, you can don't you share know, those links in the cat in the chat room? Um, I, I will do. Yeah, I'll I'll, okay, cool. I'll find the Durans. They're they're on Odyssey and they're on YouTube, but South Front's only on Odyssey, I think. Uh, it's Duran D U R A N for November. Oh, okay, yeah. Pat Rabbit just put a um, the name in the um, uh, in the chat room. All right, cool. I don't want to move back to look at the chat because that's okay. Yeah. Every every time I try and open another browser tab, something happens and I crash. So oh, yeah. I'm just so I'm trying not to <laughs> trying not to touch anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm limiting my sources of information simply because. I know the guys on the Durana are reading stuff and filtering stuff out, so it's like, why? I may as well just subcontract all my information to them, really, if they're doing the job anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I'll uh, double-check stuff, double-check what the Duran says with South Front, usually. Oh, yeah, so Pat just put those in the chat room, so that's cool. Good, yeah, because I never know who to listen to. I'm just, you know, I'm really, I don't really like listening to that kind of stuff, but I don't mind it if it if I know it's a, a good source. <clears throat> but you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> since since I started including geopolitical stuff on the show, I've been obviously I didn't I didn't know there was going to be a war when I when I made that that bumper that I made at Christmas that had geopolitics on the list of things that I do. I just oh, put yeah. it put it on there because it felt like the right thing to do. Uh-huh. And then and then suddenly there's a war and I'm actually kind of reporting on stuff so it's interesting but uh, it means that I'm I'm now looking for places that are doing good material on geopolitics. So I'm looking for good sources of information for the next thing that happens. Whatever that might be. <coughs> yeah. So are you still doing your uh, Reiki and the healing work that you were on doing before? Um, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm threatening. I keep threatening to start doing it again. Uh, but really, I need to, I need to have a, a paying market for that sort of thing. So crystal healing seems to be the thing that people want. And I'm qualified as a crystal healer from like 23 years ago, 22 years ago. Hmm. So I could do a bit of that, um, and if there's if there's a market for that, then I'll then I'll do monthly workshops for crystal healing or whatever. But um, when I, I have to know that there's five, if there's five or six people, and I can charge them thirty pounds a head or twenty pounds a head for a, 
a three-hour workshop, then it would be worth doing something monthly. But I'll, yeah. I'll, wait, I'll wait until the people turn up before I start really uh, putting... I'll put the word out a little bit and wait and see if anybody shows up. That's so are, are, are you doing that in person now? Now that we uh, can... I yeah. will do, yeah, because there's people yeah, that are yeah. interested in crystal healing in these two groups that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So cool. we had a... We had a, a, a a village hall booked last weekend and we had somebody doing a talk on I mean I didn't book any of this but they, they booked it between the between the two groups it's a, there's a lot of overlap between the two groups so the, and there's local groups about five mile up the coast there's another group there's a group four miles down uh, so there's I mean the, they might only have half a dozen people in each the bigger ones in Newcastle but when you add them all together you've got I think we had about 30 people in this village hall last weekend for a, a talk about electromagnetic uh, radiation and a guy a guy selling EMF meters. Oh, good. So there's all that kind of fil- in the background, uh-huh. which, co- which is coming from the local groups, and it's uh, there'll be there'll be something else organised for the next ba- ba- next bank holiday as well. So I would I would think they'll do regular because we only got through about half of what we were planning on getting through in the in the village hall so they'll have to book another meeting oh nice so is that where you would do your crystal the crystal workshops too um (laughs) i might use that hall Mm -hmm. but i would do it as a separate meeting i think oh yeah yeah Uh, because not uh, not everybody will be interested so yeah so i don't know if you know but um i studied with a cherokee elder for many many years probably like 25 years and uh her family was the repository. They like each of the clans um, held a different bundle of um, knowledge. And the woman that I studied with, her family carried the bundle, uh, uh, the teachings about the crystals. So they were All right, the cool. pe- people who, um, <clears throat> when the trail of tears happened, their family uh, stayed behind. They hid out in the hills in the crystal caves and they never registered with the government. So, you know, some people think they're not real because they're not registered with the government, but they just never wanted to get um, to get um, bought out by the government. So they didn't enroll. But anyhow, I, I got a lot of really amazing teachings about crystals. <clears throat> Maybe we could do a crystal show sometime. I can. Yeah, yeah we could stuff. do. Could do. Cool. Or if uh-huh. I do my if I do my meeting at the right time, we can pipe you in by Skype. Yeah. To the meeting and, and oh, yeah. record it, record it that way, and that way we can do we can do a crystal workshop that's that's global. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, let's do that. I just um, <clears throat> yeah, I got a lot of information about it, and uh, really nice. They're such great helpers, and um, even my Taoist teacher. <clears throat> there's a whole book that I use in my practice called Stone Medicine, and. Um, it's got uh, all the different stones from the whole world almost and the whole medical breakdown of what they do. And it's amazing. Right. Yeah, it's really amazing stuff. Um, you know, the depth of uh, treatment protocol there is around crystals. And I remember one time um, somebody was concerned that we were mining too many crystals and that, um, you know, the crystals need to stay in the earth and this and that. And he said, well, no, the crystals have been in the earth for all these, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of years. 
And he said that um, karmically right now, it's the time they, they want to come out and they need to come out to help the planet uh, to get through this period. And so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think the, whatever, whatever energy they carry in is what we need. We need to be, we need to be grounded because there's all sorts of crap going on. That's going to put us ungrounded and we need to be healthy. So the grounding is what keeps us healthy. You can't, you can't get any more grounded than being covered, covered in stones. Yeah. Um, but there's, um, yeah, there's definitely, um, maybe what we could do is to um, just take like a few common stones that a lot of people have, or if someone else wants to come onto the show who has questions about certain stones, and then we can kind of, um, you know, build the show around that kind of thing. Um, because uh, like quartz crystals are sort of the most common ones and they're considered to be generator crystals and you can you can just put those crystals next to another crystal and absorb the property of uh, the different crystals and it will empower that that uh, quartz crystal to to do that same work like if you yeah. put it next to a you know an opal or some other stone um, yeah, there's so, so much about it. And then they all like to be cleaned in different ways. Uh, they like to be cleansed or recharged in different ways. <clears throat> so some of them like water, some of them like salt water, some like clear water. Some don't like water at all, you know. So there's a lot to know about it. There's a lot. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. I used to do swaps with, with uh, friends of mine, with, with people who were on the course and and another guy who was trained by somebody else. We used to do a like a weekly crystal healing session each where I, I would work on him and he would he would work on me. Just to keep keep everything clear. And it was good. It was a good way of working. And it's it's fun. It's it's got it's tactile. And sometimes I miss the tact the, like the tactile that the the sense the sense the kinesthetic sense. Yeah about yeah. things so it just it keeps everything it keeps it physical as well as mental and i think that that's important yeah yeah so um yeah like if you got a little group together i could come in on skype and um or zoom and even have or just have my uh image you know i could be on the video too that would be fun see people because <laughs> i just feel like yeah it's so important to keep things uh, as real as possible, you know, where we could see each other. And like you said, the tactile, um, I, I made an agreement with myself months ago because, uh, I feel like part of this whole agenda of the lockdown and stuff is trying to get people to do, uh, everything online. And so I decided I wasn't going to do any more spiritual stuff online because even, um, this group that I was involved with for a really long time, they started doing everything online and I just, dropped out I'm like I dropped out of my cheek I was taking qigong I was doing quite a bit online and I just stopped doing it because I'm trying to resist that um push to um get us just totally interfaced on the internet even though here we are on Skype yeah <laughs> there is there is that and we're coming to the end of the show Mitzi so just remind people where your where your show is on a Sunday oh yeah so I'm on Sunday at Revolution Radio Studio B from um 11 is it 11? Oh, shoot, that's my time. 11 a.m. Pacific time and 2 p.m. 11, 12, 1, 2, yeah. 2 p.m. Eastern time, Studio B. So I'm Bridget's Well. Right, and okay. 
that's that's good. Uh, it's a good show. I, I, I don't get in as much as I used to, but I, I do I do listen now and again, and I'm just not always in the chat room. Yeah, uh, thank you. But but we're coming up to the end. Thanks for coming in, and uh, have a good week. Thank you. Have a good night. Hey everyone, it's Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. Are you interested in the paranormal? Murder mystery? Real natural law? Do you enjoy interviews with amazing guests? Then join Crypt Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Revolution Radio. Studio A, freedomslips.com. Crypt Rick's iPhone Thinking. Welcome to the Crypt. <laughs> what the heck is the truth, Jihad? Hey, I'm Kevin Barrett, host of Truth.